Hello everybody and welcome to All Blaze No Glory, the podcast. Um, quick review of the France-Scotland away game um, and uh, a look ahead at squad announcement on Tuesday the 16th, which is it Tuesday the 16th? Wednesday the 16th, I think it is, um, that where Townsend's going to make his final cuts and announce his final squad. Um, hopefully uh, seeing Doohan at the end of the match with some kind of moonboot or something on um, is not an indication of how that's going to go. Uh, and he'll be all right for the World Cup. Um, so first and foremost, just before we talk about the Scotland-France uh, game, for those of you who had the displeasure um, of watching England-Wales game, um, I apologise on behalf of rugby. Uh, that was awful. Um, that was the only game in the world where the neutral fan lost. Um, I mean, honestly, it was, it was dreadful. Uh, and it just... Puts to show how bad this World Cup draw is for Scotland in the sense that, you know, there is a clearly a bit of a gap between Scotland and those behind them in the world rankings. I'm not just saying that as like, you know, blue uh, tinted glasses on. That's quite clearly the case after the France Scotland game. Um, what the France Scotland game did show though is that Scotland need an 80 minute performance to beat those above them in the world rankings because, um, I think if they hadn't switched off, they had they had a good. 10 minutes to start the game, a nice try. Um, looked for all intents and purposes kind of in control of the game. Um, then France came back into it. Ali Price got a yellow card um, and France obviously scored going in 13-10. It wasn't terrible considering we were 40 men down for, for the end of the uh, the first half. Um, and then we France just exploded on us um, right at the start. Now that was good play by France um, and kind of switching off a bit by ourselves. Um, we gave turnovers away. We just, you know, our restarts were okay at points through the game, but there were also points where we made big mistakes. Um, and these are things we need to tidy up before we we even think about the chance to beat South Africa in the uh, the first pool game. Because I think, if I'm being honest, my my heart says we can beat Ireland, but my head's kind of saying no we can't it seems to be a, like a mental block now obviously um when we get to ireland if sexton for whatever reason is out i think weirdly i think sexton um is one of the guys who kind of fills us full of doubt just because of just by his presence and i know he's just one man um he's obviously declined a little bit from where he was you know two three four years ago he's an older guy but Scotland against Sexton have never won. So might, this might be the time. <laughs> the last time might be the charm. Maybe we knock him out. Um, and, and his last ever game for... And it's his last ever game for Ireland. I don't know. Um, but I think we we really don't want to go into that game with it being all or nothing. I think we've got to beat South Africa to have a chance of getting out of the pool. Um, and that seems grim. I'll still have hope. I'll still be praying. I'll still be supporting the team if they don't. But I just can't see a situation where... Uh, South Africa, um, we lose to South Africa and beat Ireland and get through somehow um, because I also am not sure I be, uh, would back South Africa to beat Ireland either. Um, anyway, Scotland-South Africa uh, is is about four weeks away now. We just had France-Scotland uh, in in the, in France. Uh, obviously, Gregor Townsend, he made a couple of rotations, but essentially it was almost a full Full Buna squad for Scotland, the back, so uh, the only changes were Ali Price, which was enforced uh, with Ben White being out, and um, 
Kyle staying in for Darcy Graham. The rest of the team, I would say, is pretty much the first choice. Russell, Hugh Jones, Sione Tuopoloto, um, Duane van der Merver, Blair Kinghorn is now definitely our starting fullback. Um, so that was a good choice. The That was our first choice. Our forwards were a wee bit, there was a wee bit scattered changes to it. Um, the uh, tight head position obviously was manned by Nell, the figures have been banned. Um, the second rows, I'm still not convinced that Grant Gilchrist should be um, a, one of our two starting second rows. I, I think he brings a lot of experience. I think he should go to the World Cup, but I'm just not sure that we're not better off with maybe a Skinner or a Cummins um, in there. It's a bit more mobile, a bit more agile. Um, the back row, <laughs> it's hard to say what their first choice back row is. It's definitely some kind of combo of Darge, Dempsey, Fagerson and Ritchie. Um, I'm sorry to say, but I think Hamish Watson's now kind of the fifth man looking in at that back row, um, despite that he's still got plenty of talent. Um, so we started off brightly. I was surprised because the way we started off the week before, we okay, we had, I, think I said it last week, we had like three and a half minutes of, of really good rugby. They've got three points up and then just kind of went to sleep and let France completely dominate us um, but then uh, but we started off great in this game and I think I actually noticed that I wondered when we got that penalty and it was around the same time as we got the penalty in the first game against France in Murrayfield I wondered if they kicked the corner because like psychologically oh we kicked three points last time and then we got we just seemed to annoy them and got utterly destroyed for for 39 minutes or 38 minutes or whatever it was. Um, so they kicked the corner and got a nice try. Uh, well done to Kinghorn for picking up what was a terrible pass from Hugh Jones and putting Kyle Stain in in the corner. Good finish by him. I thought for all the world that um, Villiers might get there. So whilst they said it was an easy, easy enough running, it was. But he still had to pay, pace across and, and make sure he rode that tackle because otherwise he was either dropping the ball or going into touch. Um, or we were recycling and we don't know you know, if we'd get over so nicely finished by Kyle Stain um, and uh, good start and then then we started to get into penalty trouble and there's been a lot of comments on Twitter about Jamie Ritchie and that he's a little bit mouthy with the ref I think he was trying to point out quite rightly which happens to Scotland a lot that the support, the, the tackle assists are rolling um, in the way of clearers. And it happens all the time. Um, it doesn't. It's not just France. There's a lot of teams do it. And I'm sure Scotland have done it too. So I'm not sitting here. I think he was right to point that out. But perhaps you've got to have a feel for these things. And it's the first penalty of the game. You know, from what I heard on the ref mic, it sounded fairly straightforward what he was saying. Um, he did start to get a bit kind of, I, I thought, argumentative with the ref, um, and I think he needs to he needs to watch that. Maybe you know he could be the captain in the sense of making the decisions if we go for posts and stuff, and getting a feel for what the forwards are doing. Maybe talking to the ref a little bit less, and maybe let Russell take over. Maybe have the you know, I hate to say co-captains, but I wouldn't drop Richie as our captain for the World Cup. I don't focus on oh let's just make Russell the captain. I always, I mean. I think if you've got a captain now and he's the squad captain going into the World Cup, he played, apart from a 
you know, a little bit of, you know, things with the ref that maybe he could have watched. He actually played really well in that game. He won us so many good turnovers um, and and was playing well in defence. There was a couple of things that really angered me about Nick Berry. I wouldn't say it was Nick Berry's fault we lost, um, but he was inconsistent, um, to say the least. Uh, I think that the, the final knock-on from Scotland, the player did wrap round... He can play the ball, but he definitely wrapped round Skinner's arm as Skinner came down. Um, and you'd seen that called as a penalty, and he'd been big on the one where France picked Wokey up and essentially walked forward with him, and we and, and we hit them all before he was down. He called us for that, for hitting too early, but didn't call... France for their one um, it kind of annoyed me because he was a bit inconsistent um, I don't think necessarily that Sutherland should have been penalised in that last scrum but I think it was just a case of that he didn't know what he was doing I, I honestly do think that you know World Rugby bringing in all these things they really should have like you know some <laughs> the good thing about this idea is you could have some unfit referee come on march on and watch the scrums because None of the referees that are fit enough to run about what playing the game have a clue what they're doing in the scrums. And it's the same with the, the ref in the England Wales game. You know, Scooby Snack, what was going on in the scrums. Um, and they're just calling penalties left and right. Uh, that being said, Scotland uh, did not pick up on what the ref was wanting and continued to do the things the ref wasn't wanting them to do. And that got us into a lot of penalty trouble, which ultimately led to. Um, to uh, France getting more points on the board and it being 10-6 and then of course Ali Price um, got, got a yellow card the linesman kind of saved us um, because du, uh, DuPont wasn't out in touch um, and Price you know, had thought he had dragged him in um, but at the end of the day, the ref blew, you know, France are more in, but the ref blew his whistle before um, the ball was touched down, which meant that Scotland all stopped running. <laughs> you know, now, I do I think that they would have, that DuPont would have scored? Yes. Do I think that um, it should have been a try? No. Um, I think the fact that DuPont wasn't pursued because the referee blew his whistle by the Scotland team is is enough for me to say the try and shoot was stood. So maybe we would have went into the second half a bit more down. Of course, France scored after that, so you know the but for a bit wings of a butterfly type thing. Would they have scored the second try if they hadn't scored? If they'd scored the one that Dupont scored, who knows? So um, anyway, that's the game. That's what happened in the first half. What happened at the end, of the start of the second half, was the bit that scares me. As I say, Scotland need to play... If they could play for 80 minutes like they played for, I would say, about 45 minutes of that game, then I would think that they could beat South Africa and Ireland. But the problem is they don't seem to have that ability. They have this fitness to just keep in a game and fight till the very end. Um, but they just don't have the ability to... They don't have the ability to, um, to 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 play eighty minutes. It seems that it seems that they must switch off no matter who they're playing, 
Um, it's the same with I could see against Georgia, even if they went full bore against Georgia, and they should comfortably beat Georgia. And this is with no disrespect to Georgia in the final warm up game. But I could see a point where they let Georgia get one or two tries because they sort of switch off or they let Georgia camp in our 22 or something like that. However, what I would say is the fight back was great. And the fact that we have that ability to score, I mean, we beat France four tries to three. If you were only scoring tries, um, you know, it was it was a we were, we were winning the game in in terms of how many tries we scored to France's you know to to France, um, so, uh, yeah, positives to take away from the game are fight back ability, um, our defense at times was good. Finn Russell, I thought, should have been man of the match, not Kyle Steen. Um, I mean, arguably Ramos could have been man of the match for France, I think, or Villiers. Um, they were both excellent. Um, so, yeah, I think it is what it is. Great game of rugby compared to the first game of rugby. It just showed the difference in quality of teams. And Scotland now are a better quality team than England and Wales. Um, and obviously these things only last so long. Um, as we've seen for Scotland, as Scotland fans, it has been a long time coming that we've been as good as England and Wales, let alone be better than them. And I think now we are a better side than England and Wales. Um, off the back of that game, I think that there were certain things that we probably learned um, as as you know as people who watch the game and fans of the Scotland team. Um, we probably have our opinions on who should play and all this sort of thing. I would say, from my perspective. Um, the players who played particularly well, um, I thought Richie did well coming back in. I thought Stain did well to to secure his place in it. If there was ever any doubt that he was in the thirty three man squad for the World Cup, um, I thought Duhan he gave up a couple of turnovers probably because of this. Duhan, as an angry man, is someone who's very difficult to stop, and he was clearly an angry man in that game. Um, Finn Russell just showed how world class he is um, he's a not only his sort of playmaking ability but his defence I thought was excellent and it's it's one of the things that people I think don't realise about Finn Russell because of all the flashy stuff that he does and all the kind of maverick things that he does as people say people don't realise that he actually does put his body on the line when he's defending and um, I thought he was brilliant in that game he put his body in front of a lot of people um, a lot of big guys Um and so, um, yeah, we, we saw that. I think the person for me that really stood out is out of their depth at the moment. And I, I don't think it's they're a bad player. I don't think they've... The, the, I think their ceiling is high, but I think right now they're playing at their floor and that's not good, is Ali Price. Um, I'm, I, I actually would not be surprised if Ben White is fit and there's no doubts about him. I would not be surprised if... Ali Price doesn't go to the World Cup um, because his form has been lacking. He's clearly behind Ben White. Um, and how Gregor Townsend, who watch what George Horn's doing when he comes on, I not think that George Horn's a better scrum half right now than Ali Price. I don't know. Um, and I think I was listening to the Thistle podcast. They reckon that Jamie Dobie would go in a kind of experience capacity I think it depends what Townsend wants. If Townsend wants experience and we're unsure about Ben White, there's a, I think you should take Ali Price over Dolby for experience. If we're going together, uh, if we're going and we're confident that Ben White's fully fit, 
then I would maybe take Dobie um, as part of the party and put him. He'll be playing against Romania. Um, but I, you know, I think Ali Price might have played himself out of the squad. Uh, so look, let's look at the the World Cup squad. There's thirty seven guys going. I think we're going no nailed on. Um, our front row, I think we're, we're going to take six props. Um, I don't think much in my mind's changed. I think Yavin Sebastian's going to take that third tight head spot. We've obviously got the three loose heads unless Sutherland is injured. Um, I think we're we're going with that. Hooker, I think Turner, I think McAnally has to go after the way he's played in the two games. He's made a great account of himself. I think McAnally's actually been slightly ahead of Turner, but then it's difficult to say because Turner's playing against fresh guys and McAnally's coming on fresh against more tired opponents. So I think he should come into the squad and I think Ashman played himself out. But again, it depends if you're looking at the future or not. I think Cherry should go to the World Cup based on form, but I think that Ashman might take his spot. So one of the hookers needs to go, because there's 37, so one of them needs to go, and there'll be three hookers. I think he'll take six props, though. In my head the other day, I was wondering if he would take seven, given the Xander ban and stuff, and concerns over fitness and all this sort of stuff, because Romania will probably have quite a strong, like, you know, probably decent scrimmaging, um, and maybe you'd want Walker and Sebastian to go in there, but I don't know. I think that the props should be able to play with weeks apart quite easily. Um Second rows, I think Richard Grace nailed on, Skinner Cummins, and I think Gilchrist, I think all four of them will go. So with your that's thirteen if you take six props, three three hookers. Don't think we'll see any locks getting dropped. Back rows, an interesting one because I would love to take all of them because I think they're all they're all really good. We've got Watson, Richie, Darge, Dempsey, Fagerson, Crosby and Bayless. Um I think Crosby might become the odd man out because Bayless can cover everything um, and I think I think we'll go with, with, with six we might go with five and take an 18 uh, an 18-15 split but I, I don't see the point in that again with these gaps in between I really don't see why you would do that um, personally there is a small part of me kind of hopes he only takes two scrum halves and um, and Ben White and, and George Horn, assuming Ben White's fully fit, and you just have Ali Price or, or Dobie on standby, um, and we can take all seven back row, uh, because I think that's where we're going to get, that's where we're going to win our games, is where our back row being fresh and firing. Um, the uh, scum halves, as I've just mentioned, so I think Crosby will be out, out of the 37 men, I think he'll be one that has to give way, unfortunately, for him. Um Scrum halves, I mentioned that it's either Ali Price or Dobie for me that's getting chopped unless Ben White is injured. Um, fly halves, I think he'll take Healy and, and Finn Russell. Um, I don't see why you go one, just one outright standoff and then have Blair Kinghorn because then you're forcing the situation where Blair Kinghorn has to play all the games. Um, and then centres, you're gonna, you've got two, uh, Hugh Jones, two Pilotto. Cameron Redpath for me has played himself into the uh, squad and I think I think he'll take Harris I don't think he'll drop a centre I think the backs the back uh, three is potentially where we might see another casualty um, in the squad um, but I think he'll probably take definitely taking Darcy Duhan Kinghorn and Steen so I think Smith 
probably comes in, which I think, if I'm doing my maths right, that's 9 plus 2 <laughs> plus 3 is 14 and 19, yeah. So that's that's your squad. I th I'm not sure if Rooney uh, Rooney McConaughey's still in the squad, and that's where the 37th man is. I'm a bit unsure who the 37th man is. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, I think Smith probably will go. If he wants to take all of the back row, then Smith, I think, will be the one that gives way. Um, and if he wants to take, uh, it, it, he might drop a centre potentially, but to take extra back row or an extra prop. But I think probably 19, 14 is the way I would go. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what it is on Wednesday. We'll have reactions. I don't think there'll be masses of surprises this time. There was, you know, there's there's always a potential for surprises, but I don't think we'll lose. We'll be somebody that we'll be like, well, how the hell are they not in the squad? Like, I don't think we'll see Jamie Ritchie cut or we'll see, you know, um, somebody like uh, Hamish Watson not going at all. I don't think Hamish Watson will be in the starting 23 against South Africa, but I think I, I think he'll go. Um, so, exciting times ahead. So, it just, it's just me blabbering. Um, if you've got to this far, then thanks very much. Um, and I'll see you next time. Um, have a great rest of the week. Uh, looking forward to the squad announcement along with the rest of you. Um, cheers.